Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. TV shows and movies and sometimes things like music videos and commercials and then tell you all about them. I am your host, Danielle, Mission Impossible Tactical Shirt Riendo, and I am joined by two incredible co-hosts, two buddies, two friends in heistery. I'm joined by Fernanda Bulldog the Bruiser Bratches. How are you today, <laughs> Fernanda? I'm doing good. Thank you. My wife is pregnant again. Again? Oh, man. Again, yeah. <laughs> happens a lot. Happens often. Uh, <laughs> and also, the incredible LB, gaudy monstrosity, hunk tears. How are you today, LB? You know, pretty good. Gaudy, monstrous, the usual. <laughs> <laughs> incredible. Well, in case you haven't guessed it, you know, we're doing a special one today. Uh, we are watching... Ocean's Eleven, the 2001 Steven Soderbergh, Ocean's Eleven. It's never been done before. You want to knock over a casino? Three casinos? You got to be nuts. Exactly. This place houses a security system that rivals most nuclear missile silos. Smash and grab job, huh? Slightly more complicated than that. Oh, yeah. You'd need at least a dozen guys doing a combination of cons. Ten ought to do it, don't you think? All right, we'll get one more. We're just supposed to walk out of there with $150 million in cash without getting stopped? Yeah. Why do this? Because the house always wins. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. Been practicing this speech, A little bit. Did I rush it? Felt like I rushed it. That was good. I liked it. Of course, Ocean's Eleven is a 2001 American heist comedy film uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh and written by Ted Griffin. It is the first installment in the Oceans franchise and a remake of the 1960 Rat Pack film of the same name. Uh, Oceans 11 features an ensemble cast, including George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Don Cheadle, Andy Garcia, Bernie Mac, and Julia Roberts, and many, many, many others, many appearances, many celebrities. It's just a big old celebrity fest. Uh, so here we're going to go into our first segment of the podcast, which we lovingly call the first scene which is when we kind of talk about the movie and our history with the movie and whether we've seen it before or whether we have, you know, a long, involved, in-depth history with something or it's, you know, the first time. I'm going to start with you, Fernanda. Have you seen Ocean's Eleven before? And what's your history here? I have. I think my history is probably the same as a lot of people's. Like, I watched it in my early teens. Mm. Like, in... I was old enough to kind of be horny about it, um, but because like the cast is meant for that, I guess. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> not enough to fully comprehend why. So my memory of it, I kind of thought I had rewatched it over the years, 
But then watching it last night, I really hadn't. And that was pretty much just a vague, like I had the vague recollection of just heisty things with conventionally attractive actors. Mm. And then recently for Bass Camp of My Life, my MMA podcast, also here on Fanbyte. Yeah. You're interested, uh, dear <laughs> listeners, and want to check it out. Uh, but I made a joke about sleeping with half their cast. So this really is a, a, a full circle moment for me. I have not <laughs> slept with half the cast of <laughs> Ocean's Eleven, by the way. Um, wouldn't mind it, but just hasn't happened for me yet. <laughs> just wasn't in the cards. And I'll stop now because I'm already doing the thing where I just get really horny on our podcast and I apologize. But no, that's it's... my history with Ocean's Eleven, just vague horniness. <laughs> I think this is a safe space for this. <laughs> don't feel bad i think it's beautiful i think it's wonderful you watch this at a very formative time for horniness so i get it i get it you know i get it that's my defense <laughs> and it's brad pitt i mean i think all of us at some point there's at least one brad pitt role that literally every person on the planet is horny for brad pitt that's my opinion that's my theory yeah yeah I, I'm going to think about that, but I, I think you're right for most people, for sure. For sure. LB, how about you? What is your history with this heisty, funny, super high-powered Hollywood film? Um, I think it's probably pretty similar to uh, just like about everybody who lives in the United States of America <laughs> and has a television. Yeah. So I've seen this movie a billion times uh, because it, I think in like 2004 to the 2004 through maybe the through like 2010 you could like you would make this joke about all, all kinds of movies but I think for Ocean's 11 it's actually true you could turn on the TV and it would be on it it would be on <laughs> sure mm-hmm. so I've seen it all the way through a few times but like bits and pieces I have seen it just like I can like I couldn't quote this movie without realizing it. It's just like, it's yeah, it's, it's like a trading places kind of level of like how many times I've seen it just because it's <laughs> always on TV. Um, yeah. I feel like it's on TV less now. And like some like oceans 13, I think took its place and is frequently on TV, but it's the oceans franchise moment as like a constantly on TV movie. That, that time has passed. Yeah. Um, but when I think about it, I um, I often think about like being in high school and like I'm at home. I'm on my just this like l- the lumpiest, the lumpiest sofa. Then it was the kind where you could take the um, like the cover off and put it in the washing machine and the dryer and just ugly, shapeless red sofa that we had in my <laughs> in the TV room when I was a kid. Uh, and I'd be sitting with my mom. I have my laptop on my lap. It would be so hot. And I'd be on Live Journal. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That's and good a forum or something. And this would be on. And this is a, it's like a two hour movie, but with commercial breaks, this movie's like five hours long. <laughs> yeah, this is a So yeah, day. it would just be like, it would be, yeah, it would be like an entire afternoon. Um, maybe it was too hot for me to go outside. Maybe I was grounded. But yeah, it'd be me and my mom watching this, and my dad would periodically come through because at that point he was working from home. So he would kind of, waddle through get like a some popcorn for work and then go back to his little office oh, that's such a like 
genuinely charming thought though of like just that you know like a weekend afternoon or something like or, mm-hmm. or I guess weekday but like later afternoon kind of thing after school I don't know I think that's a really charming image I think that's nice it is it is yeah. I'm sad I tainted our pure little thing with no my observations. Oh my that's well, lovely I'm- if, okay, if, if I was on Live Journal, what I'd be doing was like trying to get access to the secret adults only Harry Potter fanfic communities. <laughs> very Thank you. I feel uh, better now. And also, like, everyone was faking their own deaths and scamming each other out of thousands of dollars. Like, yeah. <laughs> Truly a, a, a great time. It was, was on TV yeah. a lot in Brazil, too. I'll say that. Yeah. Like, okay. That's the thing. I'm, I didn't I'm remember. About that. Yeah, it was a lot. Usually not during the day, though. That's my recollection, that it was a night movie. Mm, But I had never... So I had seen, like, over the years, all the bits and pieces. I just really didn't remember watching it all the way through in a few years. But it was. I think the other, the sequels, really not as much. But Ocean's Eleven was also part of our just sort of TV culture. Yeah. Dubbed, I'm assuming, in Portuguese. Um, Or No. Honestly, that's the thing I'm trying to remember because I think Globo at night, yeah, you could, we have like, I don't know, like SAP key where you can change the language. Oh, Um, But I'm trying to remember. That's actually a good question. I remember (laughs) the movies during the day were all dubbed. The ones that I don't remember at night if they had subtitles or they were dubbed. But in Globo, which is like our major channel, I think they were dubbed. Okay. Which is an interesting thing. I've seen it dubbed. I've seen parts of it dubbed in Spanish on TV here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it would get played also. It really translates to all cultures. It does. I mean, it's just like what, (laughs) like, I think, I think stealing stuff is a universal language. And that's why, like, (laughs) I was thinking about this when I was putting together, like, the program for Heist Month. And this is our final installment. And, like, the history of heist movies and, like, the history, I guess, of th- of thieves in stories and, like, this enduring fascination with them. Like, um, the first animated, the first, like, animated movie is, I think, like, a... The Bicycle like, Thief? No, the first an- oh, animated Oh, sorry, sorry. I was thinking... Movie. Because I think, like, uh, is it, like, an Alibaba Prince of Thieves thing? Um, or is it in a lot? I don't know. It's like, in a, it's, but it's like a really, really, really old thief yeah. story that I can't remember. And I'm sorry to oh, no, the phone class that I almost failed. And yeah, um, you know, but like treasure hunting and stealing, like these Pirates. are all story. like these, these are kind of things in stories mm-hmm. that do exist like all over the world. And have for like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So I think there's like there is there is something that's really universally exciting and satisfying about stealing shit. Yeah, this is also and I'm backed up. such a slick, slick, slick Hollywood ass Hollywood 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 movie in every way. That yeah, I think it just it speaks to like this is cool things in America that speaks to like every, everyone, right. <laughs> like universally, like what's cool in America, what's Hollywood in America, what's, you know, Vegas, slick suits, white guys who are bantering with each other. Like that is this movie. I think this is the way. second best Vegas movie of all time. The second best one. Las Vegas movie. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, of course. Second only first? to Showgirls. 
Of course, yeah. yeah, sure. yeah oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Ivana. That, that was it's just okay. a it's okay. It's <laughs> okay. Yeah, I Absolutely. almost didn't choose this one for the like. I almost went with something else because I'm like, oh, she's eleven. Like that's so obvious. Like everyone's seen that. But then I remembered, like, this was originally a movie rewatch podcast where yes. we watched like Jurassic Park and all these things we'd seen before, and we watched movies like mm-hmm. everybody's seen, and I like that. And also this movie is like, well, it is one of the best heist movies. Um, It is really satisfying and slick and fun. And and the heist itself comes together in a way that's just like, like when I think about, when I think about like a really satisfying heist movie, I often think of something like Ocean's Eleven or Inside Man where like, it all kind of comes together at the end and it just mm-hmm. feels really juicy and satisfying. Yeah. Is something on fire across the street? Oh no, they, they watched too much Ocean's Eleven. They got too hot. Uh, <laughs> it literally really hope, blew their minds. I really hope everyone's okay across the street. And maybe it's just like exhaust or something. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. I do no, you ever just notice smoke and get alarmed. It's Okay. It's good to it's good to be. I would keep my eye on that. I would keep my eye. I would say (laughs) I would say that being alarmed by smoke is like just good survival instincts. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Keep keep an eye on it. uh, I would say I I will briefly say my history with the movie. I was seventeen when this came out. I think I saw it in theaters. I can't honestly remember. I saw it like around when it came out, and I remember seeing like a DVD special features for it and about like costume design and production design and things like that way back when that was very new. Like when it was very new to have DVDs that had extra, you know, extras on them. I remember that uh, when I was like in senior year of high school and being like, yeah, that's interesting. I liked this movie because there's obvious things to like about this movie, but it was never my favorite. And I'm still yeah. kind of there. I'm still, I'm still mm-hmm. kind of there where it's like, this is a very fun movie. This movie loves itself so much. This movie loves itself more than anything has ever loved itself in the history of the universe. This movie is like, I'm the slickest. I'm so funny. I'm so cool. Look at my suits. It is very, 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 very much in love with itself, which is like, it probably should be. Heist movies probably should be in love with themselves, but that will always also raise my instinct as a uh, uh, very jealous little uh, queer lady that's just like, well, why can't I get the hot girls? Why are these guys getting all the hot girls? Uh, so there's always <laughs> going to be a challenge. There's always going to be a challenge for me whenever a movie is about hot white guys being hot white guys. It'll always it'll always be a little bit. There's always going to be a little bit of a challenge for me. So I go into this, and I say this with my whole heart, uh, being open and being open to learn. And share and care and uh, feel the love for Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> so we should get into the plot a little bit. We we start out with, you know, hottie, hottie, the hottest George Clooney has ever looked as Daniel Ocean getting through his, like, prison parole interview and, uh, you know, immediately going to a casino in Atlantic City and uh, kind of meeting up with Frank, who's Bernie Mac, uh, who is wonderful in this and does not get enough screen time by any means. I think the scenes he's in are among the best scenes of this movie. Mm-hmm. So I really wish there was more of him in it. But we kind of started all out with, okay, he's going to he's gonna start making a job. He's going to start thinking about the next big job. Because, of course, he has uh, been to prison for being a thief, even though he didn't get completely caught. It's a little unclear. It's like, oh, he was only in there for four years because, like, 
He didn't get every charge. He was only on like some kind of minor charge. Now he's out and he's going to start plotting his next moves and we're going to start meeting all the crew. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of blazing through the beginning because I think the best part of this movie is like once the crew is together and starting to banter with each other. But if there are other thoughts about early movie stuff, please, please go for it. No, I think the introductions to the characters are really good. Yeah. Um, And like, especially like thinking back to the hot rock, which does like, to me, like a perfect job of introducing its Mm -hmm. characters. Um, Like, uh, like the introduction of the, uh, the driving guys, that scene. Yes. uh, They, well, like they don't get very much like, you know, build up as people, which is fine because they're just like great as these bickering dipshits. Yeah, um, but they're it sets my them up as bickering part. dipshits. They're great. It sets them up as like hot bickering dipshits. Um, and one of them does remote controlled stuff, and that pays off later in a very fun, satisfying way. Um, the introduction to I, like Brad Pitt's introduction is great um, and ages really well. Uh, we get him teaching these like WB. The CW used to be a channel called the WB uh, that had stuff like Dawson's Creek and Charmed. Uh, the Witch Show. What was the Witch Show called? Charmed. <laughs> Charmed and Seventh Heaven. I was so like Piper. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I got carried away. I loved it so much because it was just a little throwback to my early teens. Yeah, like, these were the stars who were being sold, who were literally being sold to us as, like, this is the future of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like, these are the hot new things. And this ages, this aged really well. For me, like, I think me and Fernanda are in, like, very premium positions to find that section funny because mm-hmm. we were, like, that age where, we, like, Absolutely. Danielle, I think, was maybe a little too, I'm like... so old. Well, you were, like, <sighs> like, when they were trying to market, like, the hot teen stars, you were an actual teen, and you were, like, I'm a real, I'm a person with actual interests. Yeah, that's kind of uh, what Me and Fernanda are, like, 10 and 11, exactly. and we're, like, this is what being a teen, okay, I'm getting ready to be a teen, and to be a teen, I have to read, yeah. like, Seventeen have, Magazine, and Absolutely, like, I have to have teens to model myself after yeah, for this endeavor. like, these 28-year-old teens on television <laughs> exactly. who have a lot of problems. Right. Like, and, like, like that stuff like Seven Heaven and like about witches and extremely religious family. There is zero <laughs> relatability in any of these people. I but mean, in I fairness, did model I had Buffy. After. Like when I was a younger teen, I did have like at least the very, very beginning of Buffy was when I was a younger teen. So like I had something. So you like had this. you had like the really good WB moment. Yeah, I mean, I actually like 1997 when I was 13. That's when Buffy was like starting up. I think. Buffy yeah. started in like the 96, 97 season, which was like me in seventh grade. So that one actually worked out for me. Okay, so that's perfect. I've at least got that. Otherwise, I missed out on so many things that brought so many people wonder and delight because I was like, I don't know. I'm actors, thinking about college. Like, so <laughs> well, it's fine. <laughs> Looking at these actors now, though, it just it feels very like they're un, like no offense to them. Like they're I hope they're all doing great, but they're kind of like. The relics of a time. Like, Holly Marie Combs has never been heard of again. (laughs) Um, I I think she said something cool on Twitter the other day. (laughs) And again, no offense, good for you. (laughs) If you made enough money on that one show, Holly Marie Combs, you do you. Because if I ever have enough money to retire, I absolutely will. No one would ever hear from me again. (laughs) (laughs) But But I do totally... That's a great introduction to him as a character. 
Um, honestly, like Bernie Mac's introduction is good. He he is he is a character who like gets better. Or mm-hmm. Frank Frank is a character who gets better like every time he's on screen. Yeah. Um, and he is just like like that. That was yeah. He is like what a fucking treasure. I um, know. I know. And yeah, I'm. That's one thing of watching this now is I'm just like so sad. Sad. It is really um, sad. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Like what a fucking legend. Like a fucking king. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the Elliot Gold introduction is amazing. Carl <laughs> Reiner in this movie is so lovely and so wonderful. And like I am a little. I'm not sad about Carl Reiner the way I'm sad about Bernie Mac because Carl sure. Reiner died last year at 98 years old. Um, that's a full that's life. That's a full life. That's a full oh life. my god, yeah. you did it. You did it, King. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just it's these really good little like blips of these views into these to these people are, um, which I like a lot about early movie. But yeah, once the like once everybody gets together and once Elliot Gold shows up and they're all at his house. Uh, that I think is where this movie really, really gets going. Yeah. Uh, My favorite little bit is probably when the <laughs> light goes out in the middle of the boxing match and then they restart. It's just such a silly <laughs> little bit. And I was obsessed with it. I thought it was amazing, but I'm, yeah. I'm getting ahead of myself. But yeah, that's kind of like, I love it just stuck too. with me. Yeah, I love that part too. It's it's very, very good. And it's very like, this is a movie of little moments, I think, that mm-hmm. are very fun. Mm-hmm. And the big heist, of course, kind of coming together well. Like, it's like little moments, little moments, little moments. And then this, like, really delicious uh, layer cake of a plot being carried out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being carried out in a really slick and entertaining kind of manner, for sure. Which, again, this movie is so good about that that it got me through my uh, my assholeness. My, my being an asshole. I don't think it's assholeness for you to not be <laughs> into, like, that this is a kind of a smug movie. And also, like... It is. They do kind of shove this love story at us that is that I sucks. Oh, so bad! I hate it. Oh it's my a god, terrible it's so love bad. story. I hate uh, it. I wish I, we can get into it. I should, oh, sorry. We want to get into it now, or do we want to like go through the plot thing? Because uh, let's get into it now because this is really the motivation for Daniel Ocean. He wants the money. He wants to go after uh, this casino. This group of three casinos. This is the job. And but what he really wants is his hot ex-wife back, who is just a possession. She's just a statue. That's mm-hmm. all she is. She is a statue of a woman who played by a perfect actress by, of course, uh, the one, the only Julia Roberts. But like she does terrible literally costumes. nothing in this movie. Has no Oh, motivation. my God. She's so poorly dressed in this movie. I can't. <laughs> I guess I can't. Be like, she's smart. That's why Thank she dresses like <laughs> She has brain. And I had just literally like the day before seen that uh, the movies that made us on Netflix and I saw the Pretty Woman one and her wardrobe in Pretty Woman is so amazing. And I was just, I spent the entire movie being angry. When she wears that frumpy little red pantsuit, I don't know, like thing, I was just irate. Thank you, LB, for bringing it yeah. up because this yep. this has been bugging me. I, I slept poorly tonight thinking about <laughs> Whoever did this to Julia Roberts in this right? movie. Okay, right? I have a thing to I have a thing to present. I have a, like an alternate. Yes. Like, okay, imagine this movie is exactly the same, right? Uh-huh. Except at the end, Tess goes out to him and is like, "Thank you, that guy sucked. Good job stealing from him. I'll see you around." Right. Yep, like, totally different. And she just like goes off and is her own person. Like that would be that'd be cool. So much better to me, I think. And he would like his motivation would be like to get like this woman who I still love out of this relationship with a guy who's fucking sucks. Yep. 
So I don't have to worry about her. Like, I don't, because like, that would be terrible if you like somebody like you lose your ex, like that's on you. But now they're with somebody who's way worse than you. Like, you don't necessarily want them back, but you do want them to not be with somebody who is like a vindictive monster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also big shouts to Andy Garcia in this movie also for like. So slimy. He's so he's so unappealing, so cold. (laughs) Everybody else is having the time of their fucking lives. Don Cheadle is doing history's like worst British accent, the most charming person ever lived. Like everybody is having so much fun, and Andy Garcia is having zero fun. (laughs) Or like, it's just he's just like playing this flat monster who's not likable at all. Yeah, he's like a black hole of fun. The fun goes to die at his like at his shoes. Like it's just like. And he's worth like one quarter of a billion or something. They mention it. And like, so you're extremely rich and successful and you can do whatever, but like you choose to live this like boring, just stressful, not at all appealing or sexy life. He really is cool. And And it's great. So like, imagine exactly the same movie, except they take out the love story and make it into like a, like, we're not together anymore, and that's cool, and I'm cool with that, and I respect your space, but I need to get, help you get out of this bad situation. Like, yeah. Danny would be such a more heroic, like, I think he'd be so much cooler, yep. and she would be, like, more of a person. I don't know. I just, like, that's what I want. She would I was at least be a person. Time. She would at least yeah. do something and have anything, any emotion, anything other than, I'm mad at my ex, now I date an evil man. Like, that's the, and that's they- it. That's all it is. And they like they also don't do not have chemistry. Like if they had like really like like ooh, like if there had been like a lot of tension of like oh I'm still so into you, like maybe it would have slightly worked even in like a sexist shitty way. But it yeah. didn't even work in the sexist shitty way because they're it not. Didn't. They're like right. I don't. I'm not excited about them making out. They have that one scene with the like the supposed to be the sexy banter, right? When he encounters her for the first time since getting out of prison and they're at the restaurant. And I think the writing of the scene is good. Like it is. And I think they were aiming for exactly what you're saying, LB. Like this, okay, this is toxic and we sh- unhealthy and no, let's not aspire to that. But like I can kind of get it but toxic and unhealthy can be super sexy like that's why nbc <laughs> cannibal was so successful yeah. um, yes. Yes. but like it didn't work i think with them like you said it's just the chemistry wasn't there it's it's off yeah so they should just go back and recut it <laughs> yeah. so that, that's the case just if you're listening people if responsible for Steven. this fix julia roberts's uh, outfits and the movie please although i do wonder if like because at the end she is in like a normal outfit when she's like in the final scene she's in like a sweater and yeah, her hair down right. so maybe the bad outfits are like an indication of how unnatural this stupid life is yeah i actually Jay like that dicks. I like that as a read because I my suggestion would have been to go back and re-edit it and it's just a like cardboard cutout of Julia Roberts in every single scene because that would have been a better movie because that Damn. would have had more emotion and more of anything in that plot. So like, And no one yeah. addresses it's the cardboard cutout. Like exactly. they just go about it normally. Exactly. Part of my day. The cardboard cutout kind of just like falls down the stairs. Yeah, like honestly, it just like falls down. It like wafts down and Brad Pitt's like, she looked good. You know, like the whole thing. It's the whole like, fucking thing. Julia Roberts is she's very beautiful and like a very good actress. But I also I've like I've seen Julia Roberts 
And I would never be like, oh, getting to watch Julia Roberts walk down the stairs is the best part of my day. It's like, that's not the... Yes. I don't know. And can we just talk we, about we, Matt There's Damon jokes at play in here. This movie. Sorry? Oh, sorry. Go Matt ahead. Damon? I missed that. No, LB, go ahead. Say what you were going to say. I, I, no, I, I, was, I was asking you to repeat yourself. Oh, I oh gotcha. You. I was like, can we just talk about Matt Damon in this movie? Yeah. What is he doing? What is he <laughs> doing in this movie? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's such a weird I'm sorry. It was supposed to be Mark Wahlberg originally. I mean, oh, I actually that actually could see Mark Wahlberg what? in this role that so much made more easily. Sense. He was. I think. I think. I don't know. I think Matt Damon's great in this. He's so sniveling. He's such a. That's like, at the point. Yeah. He's like a little. He's because he's a little baby. Like, and he's annoying, and he ruins, and he like almost ruins everything because he's impatient and a little boy. Yeah, but, but I still he don't understand that boy at this time. Like he was a grown okay, ass man like, and a kid, but he's star. no, but he's referred to as the kid. I think I understand. Like he's supposed to be sort of this immature and up until a certain point unreliable, youthful character that they end up trusting. I think, but I still don't understand. And the van scene when the brothers start bickering, and I will just pretend that Casey Affleck is not one of the brothers, so I can appreciate their That's dynamic. True, yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, but, yeah, yeah. and then he leaves the van and goes in the building and almost ruins everything. And I still don't understand the motivation for the act of going in the building. Still, like, there's some things with this movie that maybe it's a me thing. Maybe I just didn't understand yeah. it. But I was like, I don't like. It's just a very like the character is there just to be inconvenient. Um, right. So it, it I never understood that. I never understood that before, and now I understand. Mm. What. The part specifically just, or his existence? That part, that part specifically, because okay. I would have done... Because I, I, when I was younger, I'd be like, this idiot, just stay in the van, suck it up. Like, you're doing a, a big steal. Like, be <laughs> a good boy. But now... Now that I... Like, I wouldn't be able to handle that. I would also have left. But he could have like, just this. stood outside the van. Outside the van! Listen. That's my whole thing! <laughs> like, That's yeah, what I don't understand! He went in the building and up the stairs. And, and then like, he the window. Because when the vibes are off, when okay. the vibes are off enough, like, I can't be held accountable for anything I do. Okay, you just run away from the vibes. It's like, you would run straight into the science people. I would, like, things. if the vibes are off enough, my behavior becomes completely unpredictable. Okay, okay. That's why, I I, like, it. I need the vibes to be right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. It's really important for the vibes to be right. And okay. like I honestly like as fun as the these brothers are to watch in this movie, I would not invite them on my heist team because <laughs> oh, right. oh. the, the vibes are off. They're they're too off. Like, and then you see that like in the when they're first at uh, Elliot Gould's house when one of them is like trying to get uh, Saul to come to Provo. It's like he's not going to go to Utah. You need to read the room, guys, and they can't <laughs> read the room. And that's why I would not invite them on my heist team. That's a good. Ch- that's that's like absolutely understandable, though. Because like, I'm also if you very wanna... sensitive to vibes. Yeah. No, but that's and I think that's a good feature. But like the thing is, yeah, I totally understand because they're interesting to watch, but they're not. They probably a nightmare to interact with. And I kind of had that sort of same relationship with my sister, and nobody liked us, so I can understand. <laughs> <laughs> Although me and Robbie watching this did start doing the exact like he started doing I'm not touching you and then we like divide the couch just to, like my side which is like fun to do and it's funny but also I'm an only child 
<laughs> but like, the vibes are off. I agree with you. And now, now you presented me with an explanation for Matt Damon's I had behavior. wondered that for years. And like, this was the part that always made me very angry. Mm-hmm. And I'd always, because like, when I'd watch it, when I'd watch it on TV, I'd somehow always get it like around them trying to steal the pinch or like uh, around Don Cheadle covered in mud doing Cockney rhyming slang. Uh, and like, plus that bad accent. It's so good. I'm, yeah. I would I would much rather have it be a bad accent than a good accent. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I think it makes an entire... But why give him an accent? Like, did he absolutely need to be British for the part to work? Like, those It makes it feel more questions. international. And it's, fu- <laughs> and it's funny that it's a bad accent. I don't know. It feels more Hollywood to me somehow. Yeah. And there's the whole Don thing... Don doing a yeah. bad accent. You're right. And there's the whole thing about them, like, not understanding anything he says, which is, like, the whole bit... And it wouldn't right. make sense if it was just American saying American things. But also, f- Paul points out that I guess it's a it's a running joke in the sequels. Yeah, apparently, uh, uh, which is fun. But like they keep talking about like oh the importance of a bad accent of a good fake accent and it's really a bad accent. Like there's yeah, there's apparently I. All right, I'm just I'm sorry. I'm just still stuck on it being Matt Damon. His face isn't right yeah. for this sniveling little asshole thing. I just <laughs> he has like Mr. All American I play football face, not a sniveling really? little like I, I suck. I'm the little brother who sucks. Like it just has a versatile right. face. I it think he right. can like I don't know. I think Mark Wahlberg would have been better because he kind of has what? No he's got the, the little talk about the silly face. Being off. It does. Yeah, I think his evil energy, though, would have ruined the movie. Yeah, but he's an evil character. <laughs> he's not an evil character. He's just a little shit. That, you think he has evil really energy, Mark Wahlberg? Yes! Mark Wahlberg has denounced Boogie Nights. Hmm. I mean, that is problematic. I'm not going to yeah, lie. But he's denounced not... his best movie as but being, that's like, a sinful. conscious thing. That's not an yeah. energy thing. He also has evil energy. He has, like... Okay. Okay, the thing is, it's like, do we want... I think if we're talking Boston energies, right? Uh-huh. Matt okay. Damon is yeah. like about as good as like white Boston guy energy can get. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's a good assessment. And like, yeah. The opposite end of that, I feel, and I'm sorry to Boston, but honestly, <laughs> okay. Boston, you know what you did. Yeah. You know, you yeah. know what you are, Boston. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Yeah, they know. They know. I lived there you for know. a long time. I understand. Uh, it's, and I mean, like, you're from, like, a, you're from, like, a haunted-ass New England city, and it's still yeah. less cursed than Boston. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's definitely true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's correct. Um, I, I love how much I learn uh, about American culture. <laughs> also, I mean, maybe it's just that the only Matt Damon I had seen when this came out was Goodwill Hunting, which I didn't understand because I was a child. So I was just like, this is a movie about a fucking nerd. <laughs> oh! <laughs> it's a nerd. Oh. It was like math or something. It's like, shows up at this. I'm like, okay, it's that nerd. Just from a math movie. nerd. Oh, wow. he, won an, um, he won an Academy Award for math. For, for mistreating Robbie Williams. Like, why? Who does that? Oh, well, got, I mean, in my child mind, I'm like, he got Robin Williams to be in a math movie for the Academy Awards. Wow. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm as you're explaining it, it is making sense to me. I, I will say but, that. Like, yeah. That's my child mind. Right, but like that's that's the framing, that's the lens that we're looking at it from. So it's like making sense now. I, all right, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. I'm going with it. We're here. We're here now. We do also get introduced to Yen, 
who is uh, oh, a Yen wild is acrobat and also my other favorite person in this movie. And all right, can we, can I just add, is this a little racist, the framing around him? Does it feel a little racist to anybody else? Because it felt a little, mm. little racist. A little racist to me. To me. Mm. I don't know. That's the thing. Obviously, as a white Brazilian person, my perspective is limited. Uh, So take everything I say about anything ever with a grain (laughs) of salt. But I do it it, to me just came across as kind of like they made the some like remark, like maybe stereotypical. Mm, Um, And sometimes like a little like the language is a little less, I guess, a little more generalizing than what we would use today. Mm -hmm, I don't know if I got racist myself personally okay okay i i okay here's what i think okay you know how they get like daniel in the beginning danny ocean is in prison right Mm -hmm. but they didn't get him for like doing being a grand heist master they got him for like some weird minor technicality but they know he's a grand heist master and Mm -hmm. most of the time he goes through life being a grand heist master but they can never quite catch him at it Mm -hmm. like it's not racist because there's nothing you can actually like say like point to and be like this is racist but like you know someone in there multiple someones in there are racist you just gotcha, can't gotcha. find it that's yeah. that's how i read it okay okay and there's also like a circus thing and the thing is and it's like mm. it's confusing because the circus sucks and being in the circus sucks yeah so like yeah there's also that so it's a right. weird combination of things but i don't think you're wrong i don't think it's okay. not racist yeah. but i think it's just like like maybe there was a racist thing and it got cut like an right, overtly racist thing that got cut. There's just kind of something there with the energy. It smells that off. I don't the know. energy. Yeah, it smells off. Yeah, but we can't. But like, I can't take it to court. Right. <laughs> you know? right. right. Nobody you can't says, take it to cancellation court. Nobody says some like a shitty slur or anything like All that. All the evidence yeah. is circumstantial. Right. Yeah. It's just there's not even any evidence. It's just yeah. like it smells wrong. <laughs> something. Something. They cut something out. They must have cut something out. I don't know like, what. Maybe but. like even just in the original like draft. Yeah. The, like, the original draft of the screenplay, like, I can just, like, I can smell it. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. sounds like a very specific <laughs> podcast endeavor that somebody could go, like, I don't <laughs> know if you've ever real. heard yeah. Dad Eyes about the guy who, like, Tom Hanks told him he had Dad Eyes and, like, he made a whole podcast about it. Oh, my God. Um, no. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's a comedian and he, he auditioned for Band of Brothers and he was going to get the role. But he didn't because Tom Hanks thought he had dead eyes. And he literally oh. turned it into such a good podcast, uh, wow. which I say this all to say that maybe this could be a highly specific podcast <laughs> like for the original I think draft. That would be the least uh, qualified people to make this. Yeah, is, absolutely. Is this Not for us. Podcast? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like for but someone somebody, else. Somebody <laughs> the out there. Yes. The idea is up for grabs. <laughs> Please take this idea. I would love to listen to this podcast that folks of color create. Like, I would love to hear that for for sure. I would love to hear other people uh, make that um, for sure. I did always wonder why he would go for this when he's not already a criminal. But now that I'm an adult, I know that being in the circus is the worst life you can live. Um, so that getting a bunch of millions of dollars mm-hmm. so you don't have to be in the circus anymore. Yeah. It's definitely the way to go. Yeah. Even the circus sucks. The circus sucks. Everybody. It seems like it would be a rough life. Like it would just be really tough all the time. Just struggle city all the time. Just really, really tough. So I get it. I but get. I, I get his motivation. Um, are we talking like actual circus of like Cirque du Soleil, which I personally fucking hate? But <laughs> I'm guessing it's a little. It's a better life. I, I mean, I know. think if you're ever Cirque du Soleil, you have like a residency at the Bellagio. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. You live in Las Vegas. And you oh, are, you have the life of a, like, it's like unsexy French showgirls. Right, right, right. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. You know? Like, it's more yeah. or less, at least a little more stable, but not, yeah. Right. It's still really tough. Still tough. You're not, tough. like, on the road. Yeah. That, yeah. Still rough. Still rough. You still gotta hurt like, your body every day. <laughs> like, there's probably a lot of sex, animal abusers. Yeah, there's no animals, I think, right? Right, I right, right. I don't no. like it. Yeah. And they probably bang a lot. Imagine really? you're like Have you ever seen I mean I've been to Cirque du Soleil and it wasn't sexy at all. No, it's They not. have a sexy yeah. one, don't they? They have like an erotic so- Cirque du Soleil. Do they, they do. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember I the that, name, but they do. I the idea of that the idea of attending erotic Cirque du Soleil <laughs> is just... Who's that for? Probably. Who's that for? Like forty-year-old, no, fifty-year-old swingers. I'm guessing. <laughs> like, like they actually went to a key party swingers. in the seventies. Like they went to an actual key party <laughs> when they were twenty. Yeah, for real. Yeah. I've, okay. I mean, I have bad news for you about people, how old people, Whoops. how old fifty-year-olds were in the seventies. Yeah, you're right. They were born. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> it's for like eighty-year-old former swingers. Oh. <laughs> like horny octogenarian. Okay, they went to a key party in the nineties that was like a seventies themed key party, but it was in the okay. 90s. <laughs> Good job setting this hypothetical we did it. We did scenario. We did math. We did it, everybody. I'm so proud. Uh I guess we should get slightly back on track. Sorry the boys that. are together <laughs> and they're planning their fucking heist and they've got recon. They've got construction. They've got dry. They've got like a whole multi-step plan. There is also, I just do want to shout out one scene uh, where they recount like this very like uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, the, you know, the most successful heist in history before now. And they were all like really goofy little cutouts of like, oh, somebody made it to the front door. How exciting. And then they oh, died. Oh, that so was such a good scene. Yeah. That's a fun, uh, that's a fun little scene before the planning. And then of course we get to the planning and we get to the big reveal that, of course, Danny Ocean isn't just here for the score. He's here for the test. And uh, he and Brad Pitt have a little fight about it. They're, you know, they have a little, I'm walking. If it's, if, say it's not about her, or I'm walking. And, you know, they have a whole thing. They have a lot more chemistry, honestly, than Julia Roberts. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, they Absolutely. sure do. Also, uh, one of the main things I remember about this movie, you know, having not seen it in probably close to 20 years, was just that Brad Pitt is eating in, like, every other scene. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's a great bit. He just likes to eat. And also, uh, fun fact, I, uh, Fernanda or Paul put this in the trivia, but apparently in the scene where Paul, uh, uh, Paul put it in. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, producer Paul. Uh, put it in the scene that he was eating shrimp cocktail while doing the iconic scene where Julia Roberts, you know, walks down the stairs, best part of my day, et cetera, et cetera. He ate like 40 shrimp. Fantastic. Oh, I'm an icon. Whew. Is that even like, I think that's bad for your liver. Because I, I remember like, when oh. I was a kid, I really liked shrimp and I had a lot of risotto, like shrimp risotto. Shrimp. And I got really sick. And my mom 40, said it was my liver. So I'm shrimp. just going to go ahead and say his liver has been compromised. And on World <laughs> Hepatitis Day, right, no less. Right, it's World Hepatitis Day. <laughs> Today, when we're recording. So when it airs. Uh, so yesterday for our listeners. So watch out for your liver. Watch out for your liver today and always and tomorrow and always. Honestly. And don't eat 40 shrimps. Don't eat yeah, 40 that's, shrimps. 
That's incredibly unscientific, though. So maybe research that before uh, believing. Fernanda's mom says, "Don't eat forty shrimps." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do feel like that's kind of like objectively good advice. Yeah, I think it's too many. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot. Oh, but I mean, I would guess heisting burns a lot of calories, so he would need to eat all the it depends time. Depends on what your job energy. is, I think. Yeah, and if you're stressed enough, like. You know, like like the stress of being a thief is not good for your digestion, as yes. we've learned from this Saul movie and the hot really rock. And the hot Saul rock has an ulcer. Uh, the hot rock introduced the idea of you know stomach distress. Lupin had. Oh wait, no, Lupin was hurt and then just ate a bunch of food and then got sick. <laughs> yeah, and then got sick. Yeah, uh, there was no uh, like gastrointestinal distress was not addressed in Inside Man. But it's implied. Clive Owen obviously has issues with his yeah. stomach. Like he looks like. Oh, well, but he does. No, he. I mean, that's just human. Humans just need a a pit. If that, right. His right. being a thief did not affect his needing like a, a pit to shit into. Right. You just need that no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> you do just need that. You gotta have one of those. You gotta yeah. have a shit pit. All right. You <laughs> if you're gonna be in a bank for a week. Yeah, if you're gonna like be in a little room for a week, you gotta shit somewhere. I don't it's care just... if you're a thief or not. But yeah, it's it's impossible to say. So maybe that's why he's the <laughs> maybe he's the best thief of everybody because his stomach is just like in perfect shape. Yeah, he's doing great. I I in my head canon. He's also like a competitive eater and he's just training the whole time <laughs> for like his real gig, which is like competitive eating because he's just always Clive Owen. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Uh, Brad Pitt. Rusty in this movie. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. So he's just, he's like getting, like, this is what he does. He's getting it, like, elastic. You know, he's, like, getting it ready, you know? Yeah, but, like, he's he's gearing up for the 4th of July when it's going to hit. Exactly. Those wet hot dogs. dogs. (laughs) Why, Why did you, oh, no. I can't, whenever somebody mentions wet hot dogs, I just have the image in my mind for, like, at least an hour or so. I'm so, I'm so sorry. sorry. There goes my my mid afternoon. Okay. You're like I wanted to have lunch. No thanks. Now, <laughs> thanks everybody. <laughs> no, all I can see are wet hot dogs. Yeah, which are well, probably the least appealing uh, meal in the world. Well, they they have some more appealing food in this in this movie. There's like yummy spreads, and there's like you know mm-hmm. at the initial let's get together and plan a heist party that they have. They have a nice little cocktail party and a nice little spread of food. And of course, Julia Roberts and Terry Benedict. Uh, that's <laughs> I just swapped like okay, Tess and Terry that's... Benedict have their lovely dinners. Center, center. There's nice food in this. There's nice food in this movie too. Yeah. So we can think about that as well. And there's also nice. Uh, I was gonna make a. I was gonna go to the next medical thing, but that's not like nice and appealing. But Saul, of course, is like the big con guy. That's the actor. That's the whole way of getting Yen into the vault. Uh, is to have this like cool briefcase, and he's playing this like I guess German or like some sort of he's supposed to be like European. vaguely Eastern European. Yeah. Uh, like Zerg. arms dealer. Yeah, yeah. He said Zerga. Zerga. There it is, Zerga. Zerga. Uh, and he had he is ill for parts of the movie, like actually ill. So I I got duped again. I actually thought he was sick for real again. Uh, they fake, oh, when he fakes his heart attack? They fake the heart attack uh, so that we can also have Brad Pitt get in there as the fake doctor and do a whole bunch of other kind of stuff going on. And of course, this is all, and as Fernanda had alluded to earlier, arranged around a big fight night, like a big heavyweight boxing match, because that means, of course, that's the biggest, you know, swell of cash flow on the biggest night in the casino. So that's that's the night to hit it. 
and that's the night to uh, make it all kind of work and make it all happen. So uh, we have, uh, as we had mentioned before, the <laughs> the Science Institute pinch that is going <laughs> to cut the power out. We've got Yen in place, and we've got Matt Damon and uh, George Clooney doing the Mission Impossible part, which was my that's my favorite action part of the movie. It's a sort of Mission touch Impossible. Real fast. Yeah, on please. How Matt please. Damon gets in there. Oh, yeah, go for it. Yep, because Bernie Mac, this is my favorite scene with Bernie Mac, for sure. I think my favorite Bernie Mac scene is there's a part where he buys, he's negotiating the price of vans Yeah. (laughs) um, at this great Las Vegas car dealership with this, like, kind of older cowboy kind of guy. Billy Denham. And she's talking about moisturizing. um, But just, like, (laughs) squeezing, crushing the guy's hand in a really charming, intimidating way. And he's just, like, so warm and so lovable that, like... And so, ch- and like, so very clearly charming the hell out of this guy while like just squeezing the fucking life out of his hand. It's, it's like that, that to me is like my, my favorite, favorite, uh, Bernie Maxine. But like the, I, like his, the, his big moment in the con is they get him a job, uh, as a blackjack dealer at the Bellagio. Uh, Matt Damon comes in pretending to be part of the Nevada Gaming Commission. Um, and reveals that Ramon is actually Frank, a convict. Um, and they do this like really good, really uncomfortable. This is all taking place in front of Andy Garcia. Uh, as it's Terry to Benedict, distract him. Who's, like the boss yeah, to distract yeah. him, but also like to not, they do this whole racial tension thing yep. that like plays out in a way that, that like it makes sense in the heist because you like and Andy they, each one of them plays it so fucking well. Like Bernie Mac is so funny, Matt Damon is so snivelly, and Andy Garcia so doesn't want to be there, um, because it's so uncomfortable <laughs> and yeah. like, so awkward for him. Like and there's Matt literally so gross. <laughs> Um, and there's he just wants no to way leave. he can like interject himself in the situation without he being just wants to get out of there <laughs> he just wants to leave and like that it's such i don't know it's it's so well done to me that i don't know it's like i had all these things i was gonna say and i thought about the scene i thought about how good everybody is how good everybody is in that scene how good bernie mac is in that scene now i'm like speechless because it's like the use of making people uncomfortable in heist movies, especially in this movie where it's like, there's very, actually very little tension. Mm -hmm. I think there are these moments of tension, but they're, they're eased off pretty easily. Um, and they're eased off pretty like with like a lot of like humor. Yeah. And this is funny and tense and uncomfortable at the same time, kind of. Yeah. And And it makes such a, Good strategy, right? Because like it's such a good strategy. <laughs> that's the human emotion that we're the least like prone to confronting. Like if you make us angry, if you make us sad, like well, it feels like there are several like more built-in or instinctive reactions to several emotions, but being just awkward that you you just do anything to get out of an awkward situation yeah. and it's like you can see it's like you can see andy garcia like erasing the moment from his mind as it's happening which is like it's perfect it's perfect you want this like you want this to be forgotten you want to be forgotten so making it like that mm-hmm. kind of awkward is 
Like in most of these, most of the time when I watch these, I'm like, this is fun. This is fun. But I'm like, if I ever want to do a heist or if I ever want to do a con job, like this seems like a good strategy. Every once in a while, <laughs> I'll like take a note down and like making somebody really uncomfortable and awkward. Like that seems like a Great really strategy. good. Yeah. And Paul yeah. points out it's way smarter than I forgot my, the, I forgot my key card bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this sets up. Yeah. <laughs> this sets Matt Damon up to, he like says he forgot something in the other room afterwards. And like Terry Bendick's so fucking ready to be done with him. Um, so yeah, he's back. I can want to say backstage, but he's in the the bowels of this casino, and he can then hop into the elevator. He, you know, pull, he he makes the pull. He pulls the because it's these codes he needs to get to. Um, in Andy Garcia's pocket because he's the pickpocket. And yeah, then we get him and George Clooney in their little Mission Impossible outfits in the elevator shafts with their glow sticks. Thank you for letting me uh, digress. No, it's great because that scene is honestly like. Bernie Mac is just so fucking funny. The whole, like, you want me to dance on the table? Like, he just has so many great lines there that are just fucking perfect. And yeah. his, also his costumes, like, so watching good. this, I realized, like, his wardrobe in this movie is fantastic. And I want so many of his shirts. Yes. <laughs> okay, yes. apparently he, he improvised a bunch of those lines, including so that you perfect. want me to get on the table and dance. Oh, that makes me so fucking happy. Fucking king. Fucking king. Honestly, legend. Legend. Honestly. Oh. Um. Okay, so we're we're like deep in the heist at this point. We've got a lot of pieces in play. We got a lot of pieces set up. It's very exciting. We eventually do get the call from Brad Pitt to Terry Benedict. That's like, I'm gonna rob you. If you want to keep half your money, let us walk out the door with it. Blah blah blah. And they they set up this whole kind of double blind, which is very fun and very exciting once you kind of figure out uh, what had happened with it. And I sort of half remembered. So this was very fun for me because I was like, okay, I know there's something going on with the video feed but i don't i didn't remember like exactly how it was set up so i was like oh shit right right okay something about video and okay 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 they're gonna figure this out they're gonna work it out and of course also danny ocean has made his own little uh deal with uh again one of our favorite characters here at least one of my favorite characters is only in it for a second but it is where uh fernanda got her nickname <laughs> it's bulldog right? <laughs> yeah so that's the thing i wanted to ask you i didn't remember them saying bulldog in the movie i just knew it was the bruiser then on imdb he's credited as bulldog Gotcha. And so I was like, I didn't really know whether he's just the bull, the bruiser or his bulldog, the bruiser. Yeah. In my head, Canon, his bulldog, the bruiser, because it's just objectively cooler. I mean, bruiser's a do- job title, right? I mean, that's a that's a class. In his case, play. I think it's more of a personality trait, though he does yeah. seem like a gentle soul. Um, yeah, yeah. He seems, you know, you know. I, I he apologized after punching Danny. Yeah, it was only supposed to come after because it's supposed to be yeah. a big fake like, oh, Danny has been put in the, you know, with the heavies kind of thing and he's going to get beat up by the by the guards and blah, blah, blah. And so he's in Bruiser's in on it. So he does need to hit him, but he was only supposed to hit him after. And it was like, oh, sorry. And of course, you get the oh, how's the wife pregnant again? It's like this very funny banter, of course. Um, and that but that allows Danny to meet up with. Uh, what is his name in it? Linus. And they do their Mission Impossible suit thing. So they, they get down to their Mission Impossible suits, which I liked. Uh, we get Basher using the pinch to cut the power so that they can go through the laser thing and, uh, you know, sort of, I guess, rappel down, kind of. Doesn't seem like it goes super well. I don't think they practiced that part super well. Yeah, but, they had you know. to cut the thing or the laser. <laughs> yeah. Thing, yeah. But then they get into Apparently- the vault. Oh, yeah, That's really painful on your, like, whole 
crotch area. I would imagine. Now that you I mention mean, it's something I always thought. Like that's okay. what I understand about about that. Uh, the harnesses kind of harness. I mean, like I've, um, is I've it's done very a fair amount of rock climbing, and you have to wear that type of harness for rock climbing. You've also done rock climbing, Danielle. What haven't yeah, you done on this earth? It's humiliating <laughs> to the rest what of us. What are you us. talking about? You've never gone rock climbing? No, no. I'm never going to go rock climbing <laughs> in my fucking life. <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? Never. Why would we? No. No. Wait, no. Nobody has this One, I don't think I can legally climbing? do it. What and you, two, what? I don't want to. <laughs> okay, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not trying to shame. I just, I just thought this was like a thing people try it's every now and then. I'm like, it is a thing people try. You're not like. I keep my ass on the ground, uh, Paul or Paul. Okay, yeah. That's fair. I'm not, I love being shame. on the ground. I just feel weird because I thought too. this was like a... No, I don't no. even ride a bike. I can't even ride a bike because I don't like having my feet off the ground. Uh, oh, okay. I can't yeah. do box jumps. Like, I can't t- take both my feet off the ground. Yeah, it's super, those are super scary. They're terrifying. So, see, see Danielle, you're alone here on this. I'm sorry. Well, I lots of people thing. like being off the ground. Lots of people... I mean, I think <laughs> I Nikki's in... It, is Nikki into rock climbing? Yes, Nikki does rock climbing. Maybe we'll okay. find a climbing gym climbing. somewhere. I just, <laughs> I don't think Daniel, I'm a Daniel daredevil. Miranda. I just go to like the local climbing gym and I put on the auto belay and like the little harness. Like it's not, I'm not like hardcore. I'm not out there fucking climbing, you know, Mount Capitan in, in Yosemite or anything. I'm just like the local You're gym. still going to be like so good for our highest. We're going to need your climbing <laughs> skills. Yeah. Like and you're like, the you're you're the one who's getting in there and doing all this stuff. You're repelling down. I can't jump like shots. yen. I can't do wild. No, you can't flips. do the flippy flips, but you no. can like you can repel down the elevator shaft. Yeah, in your in a mission mission impossible outfit. <laughs> I guess I could do that part. I mean, see, yeah. All right, I guess I could do that. Part. All right, yeah. fair enough. I can pretend to have a heart attack. Okay, all right, that's pretty cool. Look, we've all got skills. We've all got beautiful <laughs> skills. I was just going to judge them for, like, you could practice that. That's all I meant. Like, you could practice. You could practice. Well, That's an easy thing to practice. What's that? They only have two they only The have, like, climbing or the prep. harness. The whole heist. They only have two weeks to prep. Yeah, but, like, you could go to the local climbing gym. They're build. They're they're trailing. Linus is trailing Terry Benedict the whole time. They have to build all this stuff. They've, there's a, like it's a. I mean, you're an editor in chief of a website. It's a lot of work. You do a lot of work, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that's the easiest thing out of all of the possible things that they do. They they create an entire. They construct the whole thing. They heist a science lab institute. They do so many things <laughs> that are so much harder than walking into a local scrub normal ass climbing gym and just practice repelling like that's the easiest fucking thing to do man like that's american privilege here in mexico city we don't have climbing gyms at every corner i just okay, meant for just vegas they, they gotta have them in vegas i love that but i love that they stole a single piece and that that one single piece like can take the power out of like all of vegas right like, how is that a thing right like they have these like superhuman like sci-fi fucking shit going on and they couldn't practice the one thing i'm sorry (laughs) you know what i'm just going too far down this road the harnesses they seem uncomfortable on the crotch they still manage it then they have to cut it down at the end because something jams but they make it that's the whole thing they do make it so maybe they did practice once it just wasn't a great practice and that's what i think it's just (laughs) painful on the dick and balls (laughs) 
And like, even if he is, no matter how much you practice, even actually, if you do practice, it just gets like more painful. Oh my god! I mean, I, I know a lot of people going to be thinking about this. I know a lot of people who have that particular anatomy who climb all the time. <laughs> like, I think there's ways around it. I'm just you there know, are. Yeah, they had another are. very specific podcast idea. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. This is me being a stupid asshole who just, like, gets caught up on the dumbest shit. I'm so sorry. This is all my fault. Why are you so mean to my friend Danielle? I'm sorry. (laughs) Right? Why'd you call my friend Danielle a stupid asshole? We will not tolerate Danielle when they're here. She's trying. That's that's our friend. Our main heister. Uh... You know? I just feel like such a weirdo now that nobody else is rock climbing. I feel like a weird freak. You have a unique, a particular set of skills, okay? And it's beautiful. We appreciate it. You're the Liam Neeson of our group. Yeah, exactly. We're on the same wavelength. But they, the whole thing in that scene, also, like, and that's the beauty of heist movies, right? It's a lot of moving parts, and they have to, like, adjust in a very specific way. And we have that throughout the entire operation right like things that if a, ne- a, a small tiny thing goes wrong the entire thing falls apart and they almost blow up in in that situation that kind of i'm so i was so afraid because again i the like, most tense moment yeah in yeah. that movie i know exactly what happens i know he's gonna be fine and i'm sitting there and i'm like you know he's gonna be fine and i'm like oh <laughs> fuck and like what every if- single time i've ever seen this movie and or any part of this movie because i always end up seeing this part like, yeah. I get really tense here. What if so, now's the time when things don't end up well? <laughs> I, I don't know. Right? I don't, it just is movie magic. I know. But Yen is so, like, I feel a real affinity to Yen because, like, I, listen. I don't I'm want him very, to go back to the circus. Right, right. You, you want him to be okay. And, like, I'm a very small human being. He's a small human being. He does athletic shit, but he also gets hurt, right? Like, he has the little wrist wrap, and that's why he gets stuck. I'm kind of like, listen, my wrist is a piece of shit. I have to wrap it up to do anything. Like, I felt a real affinity for him. And he also, like, he, you know, he's doing these absolutely wild feats that are so hard and so ridiculous. And he's still, like, occasionally, you know, he he he's not, like, getting the 10 on the landing, right? He does slip up a tiny bit, so it, like, it shows how hard it is, right? Like, the fact that it's not picture perfect shows just how fucking hard it is, and so I just wanted to, like, show appreciation for him and how hard he's fucking working. He has the hardest job here. He has yeah. the hardest job, physically speaking, the hardest job, uh, like, out of all of it. Like, obviously, the actors, the folks who are pulling off the, the cons that require a lot of acting, that, of course, is very difficult as well, but, like, just physically speaking, he has to breathe out of a little weird tube and being contorted for half an hour. He has to do a wild jump after being contorted, which let me tell you how cramped up my legs would be, you know? So, yeah, it's I just appreciate him. And I was very scared for him in that moment. And the stakes are the highest for him because they can all get arrested. But like he can literally die with like most of his assignments. Yeah, yeah he could actually just be dead. Like, he's putting so much on the line, you know? Anyway, I just love him. And I just wish there was more of him in this movie. Because I would watch a movie about people who were all acrobats doing a heist. You know what I mean? Like, 
like, what if there was a, like, you know, an entire troop of like acrobats who all had to like contort and they all had to contort in like different places. Like one person has this key, one person has that key, one person has this other kind of thing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like, I don't know if this is where my brain goes is that I, I appreciate the, you know, the, uh, the people who can do the feats of strength, I guess, because that's where my, my brain goes. But, uh, yeah, that was probably the most tense moment. Uh, and then we start to wrap up towards like really rapidly here towards kind of the denouement of like, what's really going on here? Because it's like, Oh shit, they're going to get, they're going to get stuck. Uh, because Benedict, the asshole, uh, which first of all, he, he makes Julia Roberts leave the room before he puts on like asshole voice, which is, that's a slimy man, super slimy man right there. Uh, so it's, (laughs) it's a lot, right. Um, calling the SWAT team and we get, Oh my God, there's gunshots. Oh shit. There's a guy in the vault. We, we get a lot of this through kind of the security room footage. We're cutting back and forth. We've got a lot of tension, a lot of excitement. And this is where I'm going to give a lot of props to the editors in this movie, because I think they did an amazing job, uh, making all of it, you know, very exciting. Of course, you know, all the cinematography, all the elements of production are in full swing here. This is a very, very slickly produced movie, but you know, I'm, I'm an editing pervert and I always appreciate good editing that adds to like tension, adds to excitement, et cetera, et cetera. No, and the then, editing in this movie is gorgeous. Like It's so good. Yeah. It's just so clean and fun and, 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 and it, like peppy. I don't know how else to put it. Like it really keeps things just moving along in a very fun way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It reminds me a little bit of like the, I mean, it isn't as stylish as the Thomas Crown Affair editing, but just in terms of like the slickness and quickness and like confidence. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It at least seems like, it's speaking a, it's like a distant cousin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I super agree. Um, and then we get, does somebody want to take the, oh shit, what really was happening? The like really great reveal. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's a really nice reveal. It's really well, it's, it's really nicely done. It's really like satisfying. Like I keep saying things. I, I feel like I sound like a pervert when I say, call things tasty, but like, it's really tasty. The, uh, the reveal that like, oh, actually like the video that everybody in the casino was watching was a tape that they had taped in their fake version of the vault and the money, the the money that they've been holding hostage uh, in the vault and in this van are both like the, like these flyers that you get for, because prostitution is legal in uh, Nevada um, you get so lots you get of those these, walking like, up and down the street. Like, tons, yeah, you get just tons, tons and tons and tons of yeah. these flyers for uh, like individual people and brothels and stuff. Um, and like, there is so I'd like to think of like, there's it's just like the streets are littered with them. Um, it's like the most worth, it's like one of the most worthless forms of paper. It's like this, like, because yeah, it's just everywhere and no, and getting handed out and that's what's actually in there and that's what gets blown up and it's like very humiliating for terry benedict when he discovers this they they pay off the remote control car thing there's nobody actually driving the van (laughs) it's just unfortunately casey affleck and wonderful (laughs) elliot gold um like messing with it and it turns out actually they did take the money right out the front door as the SWAT team. Because they were the SWAT, SWAT team. Bags. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was all staged and all planned for and everything. Like, it was, yeah, like a Swiss watch. It was beautiful. All the, all the parts moved perfectly. Everything happened the way it needed to happen. Even the mistakes ended up saving lives. Like, yeah. 
They're fake SWAT uh, walked so that Cardi B's fake Interpol could run. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Cardi B's God. fake Interpol! Forgot oh about God. that! Oh, my God. It really did, though. Um, it's really <laughs> It's true inspirational figures. The sad, like, since I knew what I knew what it was, and I've seen this part of this movie so many times, um, it definitely like gets less and less satisfying the more you watch it. Sure. It's still satisfying, but like, I'm trying to remember how it felt like the first time I watched this, and like when I first saw it come together. Mm-hmm. And again, my like little ch- like my little preteen brain, yeah, um, that had a very limited experience with heist movies, just being like. Wow. Mind blown. Wow. It's so clever. It's so well put yeah. together. It just feels good to watch things come together like that. It's the reason why puzzles are fun, right? When you when you exactly. feel the solution, you know, when it comes together, it's just so satisfying. Yeah. Or dominoes falling. Because I yes. don't do puzzles. I think puzzles are boring and a lot of work. But dominoes... <laughs> 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 they are, they are yeah. uh, <laughs> more accessible, I would say. <laughs> hey, that's that's like a physics puzzle. That's like, that's okay. kind of like a puzzle to put it together. So I, I it is, I, it absolutely, is. it is a puzzle to put it together. But also, Danielle, I hate dominoes and I love puzzles. I just don't want you to feel like you're weirdo again because <laughs> oh, you like rock climbing puzzles. I, I, I love stop. puzzles. I'm really ostracizing Danielle today. No, I'm you're fine. Stop. Now we can ostracize you for liking dominoes. <laughs> It's oh, great. No. Oh, oh, how oh. the tables have turned. Oh, the tables have turned. <laughs> oh, I love and then we'll find, something out. we'll find something I'm into at before, <laughs> some point before the episode is over. Yeah. Oh, heist you movies. Make, you can be like, heist movies. No, but, you, yeah. no, well, like but that we movies. don't like. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. We'll figure it out, but, I'm sure. We'll find something. But there is like, I, I do totally... Uh, I thought the same thing that you were, that I had the kind of the same instinct as you were saying, LBO, just trying to figure out how I felt when it all first came together for me, because I'm pretty sure it was just like, this is the most genius thing I've ever, <laughs> I'm like most white men watching the um, Inception stuff. Oh my God. Like yeah. just <laughs> like, this is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. I'm pretty sure that's how I went about it. Oh my god! And then we we do have like at least a very quick, uh, you know. Oh god, I hate the romance in this movie. It really lets me down. But we do have that quick scene of like, okay, Julia Roberts uh, is watching Channel eighty eight because, of course, this is the last part of the heist. Is uh, Danny Ocean confronting Benedict and being like, "Oh, I, I can uh, tell you who got your money if, if you give up." Julia Roberts, which of course, you know, treating her like a possession, like every other line in this movie, personal effects, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he's in like, fairness, yeah, it's $150 million. Like I wouldn't expect people to take me over $150 million. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, he already has three quarters of a billion dollars. He has so much money. He has so much money. <laughs> That's kind of true. And he doesn't even he enjoy sucks. it. You guys are right. He's I'm not even happy. Yeah. Yeah. He's fun. <laughs> yeah, he's not even having fun. He doesn't so even like, like the art. He likes art because she likes the art. Gross. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Oh. Oh. But yeah, he, he gets the incriminating moment of, of Terry Benedict being like, yeah, I don't care. Who who do you know? And then, of course, it's a nothing tip. There's no, there's nothing you there. You know a guy. You know a guy. You know a guy. That's like, that's the most spoken line. 
in my household. Oh. <laughs> and he, you know a guy. <laughs> and so, yeah, he so sends good. him. He sends George Clooney back to prison, sort of, right? Because he understands he's in parole. violation of his parole. parole. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's got three to six months, and Julia Roberts, for some reason, I ch- I just don't get the motivation here. Like, me there's none. She's mad at Danny this. Ocean for being a thief and a liar, and he, th- that's what he's doing best right here. And she's just like, well, I guess I don't like Terry anymore. I guess I'll just go back to him. It's like, girl, you can go wherever. You're <laughs> the curator of the want. Bellagio Museum. Right. And you're like fucking the- Julia Roberts. Like, I know you have trouble yeah. like dressing yourself, but that shouldn't stop you <laughs> from finding true love, Julia. Right. Just get a stylist. Right. I'm like, how about, you know what the truest love is? The love you have for yourself. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. the greatest love of all, Julia Roberts. That's beautiful. So, if yeah, only she had somebody. Professional. She needed somebody <laughs> there to be able to say that to her. And she, yeah, she did. Everybody but she has no her. friends also. Yeah, she yeah, has no true. friends. She has she no only has one boyfriend. Museum at time. and man. Like, ugh. Just depressing. That's why my ending should have my it should have been my ending that I made. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. My I fan fiction. I am there with you. We do also have a lovely scene, which is one of my kind of favorite scenes, which is the the boys all walk out and look at a fountain after they finish their heist and they're very happy. That's kind of nice. There's it's just it's like a lovely. nice scene. It's just it's just sweet. It's like, oh, they're so happy. Look at these happy boys. They got their money. <laughs> Nobody died. Like, oh, that's good. You know, they're pretty happy about it. They uh, fucked over the <laughs> asshole guy. Like, everybody yeah. wins. Yeah. Everybody's Except pretty happy. Oh, yeah. And then we get a cut to three to six months later. Um, you know, George Clooney comes out of prison wearing a tux. And then we get like, yeah, we get a, we get a prison joke. We get a prison joke right yeah. here. We do get a little bit of a prison joke. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Ugh. we do. We do a little Ugh. bit right there. We do a little bit right there. Uh, and then uh, he drives uh, Danny Ocean and Tess away. Uh, they sit in the backseat and kiss. And then two of the... It actually ends with two of the heavies, like two of Terry Benedict's uh, These guards. Are the identical goons. Identical goons driving after them. But the music's real happy. And then we cut, we cut to credits. So I guess everybody's happy, but Terry Benedict is still in the picture. He's still in the picture there. So, you know, it's it's one of those, the end with a question mark. That's basically what that, what that is. Uh, but then we do roll credits. And for the most part, people get what they want. It's just like, there's that little bit of danger. Like you can never, you know, you can get out of the life, but will the life get out of you? I don't know. You know, I don't know. Uh, but that's Ocean's Eleven, friends. Uh, any 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 other thoughts about the the ending, and uh, you know whether or not it's a happy ending, and uh, any other feelings? Any other feelings we should share before we? No, wrap up? just I just agree with LB's ending. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yep. The alternative ending we never get, but shall forever live in our minds after I today. I agree. LB wrote the much better ending to this movie. Oh. It's my curse. <laughs> be right all I the always, time, LB. It's my curse, yeah. Having that brain, it's a blessing, but also a curse. Like I always know what the what they should have done, and it's always too late. <laughs> yep. And I have no way to get in touch with them. <laughs> um, Steven Soderbergh, if you are, listening, it's too late. I mean, this movie is like twenty years old. It's exactly twenty years old. So it's wild. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, this came out December 7th, 2001. So almost 20, it's, you know, 20 and one half years old. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, oh, this would have been a fun Christmas Day movie to go see with the family. Yeah. Damn, I should have done that. I didn't, but. <laughs> a lot of regrets around the oceans. Yeah, a lot yeah. of regrets. I mean, I mean, I mean, I was fucking like eleven or twelve. I was probably like, I was like ten or eleven when they made this movie. Can you imagine <laughs> being like, "Hello, Steven Soderbergh. I'm a psychic child." Um, I did. I know you're making this movie, and I foresaw how you're going to end it. And I hear what I think you should, you should do it instead. I, I would. I mean, uh, that would have been pretty fucking cool. And like, I mean. With the timing, they probably would have been like, if you're a psychic child, why didn't you tell us about 9-11? You're like, no, this is only for this movie? Uh, I'll say I did. Like, literally, I I heard about it on the radio. It's not even 8 a.m. here, and I told you who's responsible. It's George W. Bush. Whoa. <laughs> El oh, <my> genius <laughs> child. <laughs> Just like psycho conspiracy theorist 12 year old who watched way too many specials about like who really killed Biggie. <laughs> we need to ask these questions. Yeah. I am so impressed by child you, LB. It's not even funny. I'm trying to think of like what can be the thing you ostracized me for. I don't know. I don't I know. I'm afraid of you now. Naturally. You have psychic abilities. I'm not right? gonna you have you. Nat- No, I don't have psychic abilities. That's Just how I kid. didn't n- that's how I didn't contact Steven Soderbergh. Uh, we'll find I do something. think that, that this, like, watching this this time around it did really strike me that this is a commercial for the Bellagio Hotel. Oh, 100 <laughs> yeah. Like, that is a yeah. beautiful scene at the fountain. It's so lovely. And, like, I always kind of cry a little bit when, like, Carl Reiner's still standing there. I'm like, you still got it, man. <laughs> did a beautiful heist. He's a Hawaiian shirt, which, Danielle, I think you should have all his shirts. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, his fashion is absolutely his- me. In this yeah, you, yeah, you deserve all those shirts. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Like, I get really emotional. I'm like, this is a commercial for the Bellagio Hotel. Like, this <laughs> makes this hotel seem like the most glamorous, exciting, yeah. like, fancy, hip place. Yeah. Like, this is the future of Las Vegas. It's not, it's not Viva Las Vegas anymore. It's Slick Heist at the Bellagio. <laughs> <laughs> and then enjoy the fountain to relax. And enjoy After the your fountain. SWAT team. <laughs> antics <laughs> but like how many people do you think go to that fountain and like pretend they're in that scene oh everyone. every day everyone like a thousand people a day at least i don't know that's a number i brought out <laughs> i don't know if it's a thousand people yeah it's like, probably a line says paul it's true yeah. it's, probably, it's probably true but thank you for uh, unless you all have more to say i just wanted to say thanks for watching all these heist movies i picked out yeah. this month it was really fun it was fantastic i i feel like more than any other month, except for maybe Beach Month, because we learned a lot about Fernanda, I feel like, during Beach Month. But uh, <laughs> more than any other month, I feel like we learned so much about you and your brain, LB, during watching yeah. all these heists. Like, I really feel like I know the way your mind works better than I used to. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm excited to, I'm excited for next month. Yes. Shall we announce the theme for next month? Yes. I'm excited. It's it is not heists. It is it's like not a lot of these movies aren't quite as smart as a lot of these movies. I'll put it I'll put that to you. It is creature feature month involving scary creatures that do scary things to people, to characters. Yeah. It's it's like more or less maybe natural, more or less, you know, kind of Oh, yes. Paul has the perfect way to put it. What is the weakness month? That's exactly <laughs> it. That is it. That's that a great. I was just going to complain that we didn't have a punny name That's for the it. month. But now what we do. Thanks to Paul. 
What is the weakness? It is creature features. And we are going to start with one of the most classic creature features. Uh, we're going to watch Jaws. We're going to watch the original Steven Spielberg Jaws. So it's a great white shark. It's Amity Beach. It's uh, a lot of people real scared to go swimming. And, uh, <laughs> we're going to need a bigger gonna... podcast. <laughs> ah, so good. Oh, I've invested. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to watch this with y'all. It is quite the classic. It's a great summer movie. It's especially like a really good like later summer movie, like Dog Days of Summer. Like maybe you're already sick of the beach at this point, that kind of thing. And we're, oh shit. All right. We've got a couple of first time watchers. So I'm real excited to uh, go through this with y'all. Uh, so yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, this next month's going to be fun. If you want to watch along with us, watch Jaws, the uh, 76 original, 75, excuse me. How dare I? 1975 uh, original. Uh, so thank you all so, so very much. Thank you for being here for Heist Month. Uh, thank you in advance for being here for Creature Feature Month. Uh, we do hope you enjoyed your cinematic journey with us. Please do, if you have a second, rate and review our podcast because it helps us so very much. Or tell a friend, you know, tell somebody in your crew, whether it be the, you know, the person who does acrobatics, the person who does IT, the person who does explosions, whatever it is, tell somebody that you think might enjoy our show. That helps us so very much and we really appreciate it. You can listen to all of our shows at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, Instagram, and TikTok at Fanbyte. And of course, on fanbyte.com. And you can watch all of our good streams on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. Thank you so very much to Paul. Hell in a handbasket to my hope for producing. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. We appreciate you. We appreciate the hard work you do. And we appreciate all of the excellent uh, t- uh, sort of trivia that you put into the show notes for us. Uh, so until next time, LB, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hunk Tears. How about you, Fernanda? You can find me on Twitter, Twitter as well as Nanda Prates, P-R-A-T-S underscore. So you can find me at Danielle R-I on Twitter. And you can find Paul, our producer, at Holly Mayo on Twitter. Until next time, uh, don't go in the water and you'd love to see it. Ooh.